Hey, Fifth Line, Mike Todd here, in arena host for your Columbus Blue Jackets, and you're listening to the Subjectively Speaking Podcast. And now, here's Jeremy Paul and Laura Norman. What's going on, everyone? And welcome into another edition of Subjectively Speaking on the Hockey Podcast Network, presented by DraftKings. My name is Jeremy. And I'm Laura. And Laura, we're not just presented by DraftKings anymore. I'm in my normal flow of like just saying what we've always said for 157 question mark is at the number today episodes. But uh, <laughs> we've got another group to shout out, and that's uh, Raycon. And we'll talk a little bit more about Raycon here in a little bit when we do our ad reads. But uh, welcoming on Raycon once again to the Hockey Podcast Network as a sponsor of the network. And so we're really excited to to have them with us. I know you and I both love Raycon products. So this is really fun to have a, another really great sponsor to join DraftKings on our little podcast network that we're a part of. Yes, it's very exciting. We always love when uh, more people, and we would love if more people would want to come and support all of us and our friends at the network and all the work that we do. So welcome back, Raycon. You were gone, but now you're back. It's a lot of it's a lot of good shows on our network. And I have to say that I don't always do a great job. Uh, and I think we could probably do a better job just as a show of like shouting out different shows on our network. And I somehow have missed up until today that there is a show on our network that is for the Dallas Stars. It's Dallas Stars fans. And it's called Two Girls, One Stanley Cup. <laughs> it is. Yes. <laughs> I think we have some competition for the best name on our network. Uh, potentially, yes, I do. I do really enjoy uh, that that podcast name. It, it's a good one. It sure is. I'm a little bit envious about the. I mean, that's like raunchy, but it's good. Like I like I I can get behind it. Yes, there's definitely a little bit more edge with two girls, one Stanley Cup than with most of. You know, ours is ours is kind of a deep thinker. Like our name is a little bit of a deep thinker. Uh, when you figure out how it's actually pronounced, um, but yeah, there's there's a little bit more edge. It sure yeah. does. And this is your monthly reminder that our podcast name is pronounced subjectively speaking. In case you're uh, new here, uh, that is that is what you're reading when you see it. Uh, subjectively speaking, but. <laughs> Anyway, we're in a silly goofy mood because it's a silly goofy episode. It's a Wednesday when we're recording. I can only count on a number of fingers how many times we've done that before. We really don't ever record on Wednesday, so this is a new one for us. Uh, just uh, the hectic life of me moving. Uh, so when when you see the video content on our social media, you'll see that I have a little bit of a different background. This is not my permanent background. This is my I have still not built my desk for my podcast based <laughs> background. And so that's going to be the next challenge. So we're hoping that that, that, that happens soon because um, I need a desk. So, <laughs> But yes, you're in your new space. I am. Um, you know, I forced you to update me all weekend long while you were moving and things went pretty well, except for the snow, which was the main reason why I wasn't there to help you. Um, but yeah, also you would have was... been an unhappy camper. You would have really not handled that well. I would still be in Michigan. I simply would not have returned because I, I, I honestly I think that you would have left yesterday. Like I honestly <laughs> think that like you would have taken you until Tuesday of this week to leave. And even then I think you would have been a little, a little hesitant. The freeways have been fine. It's just the back roads, man. It's just like this place is wild. The amount of snow that we get. They said that we might get like three to six inches. We got eight. Yeah. That's just, I was trying to explain to uh, a colleague 
my former boss, Justin, um, about why I didn't go to Michigan to help you move. Cause he was like, that's out of character for you. I feel like you would go. And I was like, yes, typically. But after I moved you the first time, we now have a rule, um, that basically I don't visit Michigan from November to like April anymore <laughs> because of the horrendous conditions. As you all know, we've told the story before the horrendous conditions of moving you to Michigan in the first place. Um, yeah, and, I, I, and I gave, I gave Justin the like reader's digest version of it, that story where I was like, Justin, there was a part there was a, a point in time during that drive where I said to myself, just pull over on the side of the road and that's where you're going to live for the rest of your life. Does Don't know how long that life will be, but that's where you're going to live and you will no longer be in motion. So <laughs> I didn't mm -hmm. do that, but I wanted to. Yeah, you did a great job. You got where you needed to go. I was very impressed and very proud of you because you, you, uh, I've traumatized you. Uh, as we've talked about off the show, you no longer are as excited to drive literally ever. So I am sorry for that. But <laughs> thankfully, we didn't have to subject you to that this time around. And I do make the promise. And I told my friends in Grand Rapids that helped me move. I said, I do promise to you all that one, I will stay here like, if I like longer than a year, like I was like, it's not just going to be like a live here for a year and then find another place in Grand Rapids. If I'm in Grand Rapids, I'm going to be in this apartment. <laughs> like, I'm not moving. But I said, if for any reason I do have to move, I will do the whole like month to month lease and then just like wait until it's summer to move because <laughs> never again. I'm in this bad cycle where all my leases end at the end of like December, beginning of January, like that kind of deal. Um, and so it's just like not good times to move. Like it's just like not great. So I'm gonna need like a 15 month lease somewhere to get me out of this cycle <laughs> because this is rough. It's cold as fuck here. I we were on the phone last night, Laura and I were, and I was like, oh my god, it's so cold here. And Laura goes, oh my god, yeah, same here. It's so cold. And then I'm like sick. I'm sick, and I was like, let me look. And it's 22 degrees in Newark, and it was nine degrees in Grand Rapids. I was like, yeah, no, it's so cold. Aw, aw, Newark, aw. It is cold. Both can be true. I'm just saying that I'm freezing up here in Grand Rapids. I'm over it. Well, you do get to come a little bit south tomorrow. I'm going to Indianapolis. If you have listened to our show for a year now, I don't know if I talked about the drive that I had to make last February on the show ever. I think I might have. To recap, you might have. I had to drive a 15 passenger van through a blizzard in which like South Bend, Indiana got 24 inches of snow. Like it was bad. And I had to drive 15 college students in a van a month and a half after starting at Grand Valley. And right and after I, you'd gotten over COVID. And I fishtailed twice in a 15 passenger van and did not flip it. So miracles charter bus. It is tomorrow folks. They're going to be on a charter bus. So I'm really looking forward to that and not having to drive a bunch of college students because uh, that can be a pain. It can. I have also driven a bunch of college students on a 15 passenger van and it's not fun. Laura, do you know what else isn't fun? Um, three losses in a row. Yeah, watching the Blue Jackets. It sounds like I'm getting ready to do an ad read about how bad the Blue Jackets are. It did. Are. I was like, it's way too early for us to do an ad read, so I'm going to go to my second thought process, which is three losses in a row 
for our beloved Columbus Blue Jackets. Yeah, it hasn't been a good time for the Jackets since we all last connected. We, uh, When we last spoke, we had released an episode on last Friday, which was when Columbus was in Vancouver to take on the Canucks, who frankly like are in this like tailspin and we're going to talk about the Canucks a little bit later in terms of some some trade news that everybody I'm sure that listens to the show knows about by now but you know this team is in a tailspin had just fired Bruce Boudreaux to like a lot of of criticism deservedly so I think about how the Canucks handled that situation and the way that Bruce Boudreaux was treated on his way out but I think on top of that, like you bring in a guy like Rick Tockett and first game goes well. Second game, they get shit on. Vancouver does. And uh, Rick Tockett's like, oh, man, this team's soft. This team's this, that, and the other. And I have to tell you, I think the Blue Jackets fell victim to a team that just got called soft by their head coach because the way that the Jackets played that game against Vancouver uh, really did lean into that soft mentality. The The Canucks just really like took it to the Jackets in all ways, shapes, or form. Like There was really no – no chance that the Jackets were going to win that game uh, after that message that was uh, sent by Rick Tockett to to the Canucks. And, you know, they, they get a win against the Jackets. And, you know, Laura, I, you know, I was personally chaperoning a college prom when the game was happening. I was following along on social media, uh, much to my demise. But, Laura, just from watching the game and just, like, taking it all in what what were your thoughts on that one and just like do you think i've got it right here about the jackets just running into a team that just got called soft by the head coach which is like as we all know the last thing you call men that potentially subscribed to some not so great models of masculinity yeah um no we definitely uh were the victims of the canucks uh getting shit on by their own head coach and what was, and I'm I'm trying to remember exactly what we had said prior to this in our last episode about about what we were facing. I think we were a little bit more like it was anyone's game, kind of when it came to us playing in Vancouver, because obviously they have been going through like just a shit tastic time, like we just mentioned, like they just fired their head coach, like you know all this sort of stuff, and you know we were kind of like, well, you know we're not we were doing pretty okay on the road trip. I mean, we had just beat um, the Oilers, which no one thought we were going to do. So like, why not give it all, you know, give it a go in Vancouver. And we did not, we did not give it a go. Um, (laughs) And there was like a slight bit of hope in the first period. Like obviously the Canucks got um, the scoring started um, early on in the first period, which like anytime someone, score super fast on the blue jackets my first um impression is always oh this is gonna go terribly like this is gonna go terribly and i was right this time um we did manage to like tie it up very briefly um and actually get through like a solid first half of the first period tied one to one. So like your hope then like regains a little bit where you're like, okay, you know, Kirill Marchenko scored like, you know, everyone like Krill's so hot right now. And like, it's very exciting. And, um, you know, you kind of hope that that feeds into the energy, into the team. And then the Canucks just said no and immediately scored two more goals in the first period, having us go down three to one uh, at the end of the first. And 
basically at that point in any CB, like any Blue Jackets game, the hope is like the hope is lost. At this yeah, point, you're just great. yeah. At this point, you're just crossing your fingers that it's not another Buffalo situation where we get blown out, like, and they score nine goals. Like, that's really all you're hoping for. And honestly, we held off because no one scored in the second period. Like, which is like improvement. It's like marketing. It It is like based on how the blue jackets normally perform in the second period of a hockey game, having nobody score is, is a pretty good like improvement for us. Um, But unfortunately that did not last. And um yeah, they just, uh, the Canucks just decided, you know what, let's just take care of this. And c- scored in the third period in quick succession, two goals, making it five to one. And as all Blue Jackets fans know, that's the nail in the coffin. We're not the kind of team that comes back and scores, you know, four unanswered goals in <laughs> less than 10 minutes. Like, that's just not the team that we are right now. Um and but it it puts a super bummer on what happens at the end of that game, which is that Karel Marchenko scores again, getting both of the two goals that were Columbus's on Friday night, and it just honestly was such a bummer. Like he scores, and like he did, he wasn't even like happy about it because it it didn't mean anything. Like honestly, it means something towards his stats because it was his. 12th or 13th um, goal of the season. And he's obviously like getting pretty close to the, one of the records um, in a season of the most goals without any of assists. I think he's three away now. Cause I think the record's 16. So, um, but it just I like, he'll break. I, I don't, I don't think he'll break that. I think he'll pick up an assist at some point. Probably. Um, I would assume so. I mean, he's it's getting to the point now where it's a little weird that he hasn't because um, it's you're kind of looking at his line mates going like, why aren't you scoring like when you're out on the ice with him? Like, but that's well, neither here nor like, there. To me, like he's so solidified himself as somebody who's going to play on that top power play unit for years to come in Columbus because, I mean, both of his goals against Vancouver, both power play goals. And it's one of those things where, like, it's surprising to me that even, like, somebody hasn't cleaned up a rebound off of a Kroll Marchenko shot or somebody hasn't tipped in a Kroll Marchenko shot. Like, that's the part that's so surprising to me is, like, even if it's not, like, just, like, a slick pass that leads to a goal, I'm surprised that he hasn't picked up an assist, what even a secondary assist, off of, like, just, like, a fluky play. Like, that's the – like, he's playing he's playing the minutes that we've all been asking him to play. <laughs> uh, right. And so for that to not come through to fruition, like – it's going to happen at some point. I can't imagine he goes this whole season without an assist. And if he does, I'll buy somebody a beer. I don't know who, but <laughs> whoever wants one. It won't be me because, you know, I'm not the one of a, out of the two of us that drinks beer. I'll, but... I'll go to our bar. If, if Kroll Marchenko finishes the year with, with no assist, I'll go to our bar and I'll open up like a $200 bar tab. And then anybody who wants to drink can come on down. Little Boomer's um, ears just perked up a little bit, I think. Yeah, I know. And so, if Kroll, if you don't fuck around and get a, an assist here soon, you're going to start to stress me out, buddy. So I also I also think Neff might fly um to Ohio from San Diego to um take you up on that offer as well. I'd fly him out. Um 
but yeah, I mean, other there's not much to say about this game because it was it was a struggle. Like it was another one of those games that we've seen time and time again this season where it was just a struggle. Puck possession was a struggle. Defensively was a struggle. It just and the Canucks weren't messing around. Like like we said, they got shamed by their coach and they were going to prove him wrong. And the easiest team to prove someone wrong with is us because we don't fight back or if we do fight back we fight back in the weirdest ways like against um the oilers or the the rangers like we fight back against like the best teams and that's just the confusing nature but what is kind of fun is we basically saw one of the last i think he may have played one more game after this but um one of the last games is was that his last one as yeah, a Canuck? Yeah, Bo Horvat's last game as a Canuck, and he was the first star. He had three assists. What a way to go out! Because <laughs> as we learned earlier this week, he was traded to the New York Islanders. So practically well, not his last uh, hurrah with with Vancouver. <laughs> technically, he's representing Vancouver at the All Star game this weekend. <laughs> he is, which is one of the most awkward situations. Um, that has ever occurred, I think, because uh, I don't think anyone's ever considered that someone would get traded. Someone that's going to the All Star game, I should say, someone that is is an All Star would get traded from their team um, before the All Star game. So, yeah, so yeah, he'll be weirdly wearing uh, his Canucks jersey uh, and representing the West um, this weekend, but. He is on paper uh, an Islander. Yeah. So his last one is against the Jackets. Can't wait for him to tear us up the same way when we play the Islanders again this year. We'll see how that goes. But yeah, I can't wait to talk a little bit more about that trade. That trade has some implications, I think, for the rest of the league. And so we'll have fun talking about that. But then the Jackets went to a place where they've never lost until till Saturday. They did yes. lose on Saturday. Um, and that was against uh, the Seattle Kraken, Oliver Bjorkstrand's new team, Alexander Wenberg's new team. Not so new anymore, but you know what I mean. A lot of former Jackets on that team. And so, uh, you know, you always hope that you have a good showing against a team like that. But the Kraken are good this year. The Kraken are looking solid. They're toward the top of the Pacific consistently. I think as of right now, they sit at the top spot. And so the Kraken, I mean, really just, you know, it just wasn't really wasn't really the jackets game like it just is one of those situations where like they kept they they had opportunities they just weren't able to capitalize on them which is unfortunate because you know you want to get a chance against a team like Seattle and you give yourself a little bit of a chance too i mean you you know you find yourself you you tie or oh no you don't tie it you come within one with Kent Johnson's goal and you go into the third period and you feel pretty good about that. I think, I think you feel good going into the third period on the road, knowing that you can make this up. And uh, unfortunately just don't make it happen. Yeah. And it wasn't like, I won't say it was a terrible game. Goaltending was really important in this game because it definitely could have been, there definitely could have been more um, goals by Seattle in this circumstance and goaltending really held up. Um, in this game, but it just, I think having a back-to-back in this situation coming to the end of what is their close to their longest, if not their longest road trip that wasn't Finland um, 
this season and having that devastating loss the night before, like you could just tell they were gas. Like you could tell that a good majority of them were super excited to see Oliver. There was like a lot of them like conversing with him on the ice during warmups and stuff, which was really, really cute. And obviously Oliver's making his grand return to Columbus here in a couple weeks, but they were just gassed and we had gotten, um, I believe, yeah, we had gotten a couple more injuries um, after the game in Vancouver. Nick Blankenberg and Adam Boquist are both day to day. And so we ended up having to fly out Jake Christensen, like at the very last minute um, to meet the team in Seattle um, so that we would have enough players to play. And they were just gassed. You could tell that it was the end of a long road trip and that they had used their energy elsewhere. Well, and the thing is about it too, like you could tell that they were gassed because the Kraken just, I mean, the Jackets found a way in the third period. And that's the thing that was so important, right? Like, I mean, like the Jackets were really severely outplayed for the first 30 minutes of this game in terms of like just game flow and, and Seattle. I mean, I think they outshot them like 12 to four, something like that in the first period, 15 to not, like it was just bad for the Jackets in the first couple of periods. But Ken Johnson's goal gives you a chance. When you come into the third period, I think the Jackets outshot the crack in something like 12 to four. So like that was Mm. kind of, kind of, you know, they finally found their game, but they found it too late. And, you know, like you mentioned players like Adam Boquist and, you know, Nick Langenberg scratched in this one as injuries, but also like something that we just like, haven't really talked about, like, because like nobody's really talking about it, but like something of worth, something worth noting. Um, is that Lane Peterson was also a healthy scratch in this game. Lane Peterson acquired by the Blue Jackets off of waivers from the Canucks, actually. So they lost to the Canucks, and then the Canucks waived Lane Peterson, and Lane Peterson was claimed by the Blue Jackets. And so, you know, it's one of those, like, weird, like, weird circumstances where the Jackets picked him up partially because of the injury, I think, at least, to Gus Nyquist. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But... At the end of the day, Lane Peterson is a healthy scratch, and he, we, I mean, he skated with the team, but we're not going to see him until after this All-Star break. But an interesting little tidbit. He's not somebody who hasn't had success. I mean, like, he's had pretty good numbers in the AHL. He's been more than a point-per-game player this last year, and so we'll see if that translates at all to the NHL. I mean, it has for a couple of players that the Jackets are familiar with, like a Kirill Marchenko, I don't know, but I don't know. Lane Peterson's 25 years old. We'll see if it happens, but... Yeah, but yeah. that that situation reminded me a little bit of when we acquired uh, Matt Duchesne because we literally, like, didn't we have a back-to-back with Ottawa? And, like, he played for Ottawa, and then the next day he played for us. Like, he just walked into the different side of the, the locker rooms. I don't even think we had a back-to-back. I think, I think we just played them that day. Oh, that's right. We the transaction happened that morning, and then that evening when he got to the arena, to the arena, he dressed up. He dressed for the Blue Jackets. Um, but so that kind of situation where, like, literally, he just like went on the plane with them after the game, like before it was even like before it was made public that it had happened. It had happened on paper, and so he just went with the team to Seattle and it was really funny because we were celebrating the 2000th game 
of our head equipment manager and they have these shirts made these really cute shirts made for him and there's this great team picture and you can just see him in the front row of the team picture wearing one of these shirts like he hasn't even been a blue jacket for 12 hours and they were already like you are one of us here's your shirt <laughs> and you're gonna be in the picture so we don't let people um, slowly adjust, apparently. No. No, we do not. We do not know how to do that. And uh, for the jacket's sake, though, I I would argue that the jackets had a pretty decent adjustment on Tuesday. Oh, meaning that they had like a couple of days to rest and they should have been far more prepared than they were? Well, no, not necessarily, but, you know. Oh, I guess they I, weren't prepared, but, like, a little bit more would have been nice. Do you mean, like, from, from the Washington game? I mean, I, like, look, Washington is a good team. To take them to overtime, I'm happy with that result. Like, you obviously don't want to see too many losses at home, but the fact that that game drew over 17,000 folks in a year where the Jackets are sitting at 32 in the league on a Tuesday night, like that's a win, I think. Like that is like mm -hmm. a very easy visualization of the fact that this town still believes in this team and still knows what's to come with this team and people don't want to miss out on what's to come. And they're not going to miss out on these games right now because they know just how cool it is to watch this all develop. And this is another one of those weird games where like <laughs> – you know, Laura, we talked about it, I think, on Friday. You know, we talked about, you know, the Jackets have just been the benefactors of some some defensemen really picking up their game and scoring in, in weird moments. And it still had been a while since the Jackets had a defenseman score a goal in a game. But Andrew Peake changed that when he scored his fifth goal of the year, which, you know, honestly, five goals for Andrew Peake, that's not anything to, like, Sniff your nose at like for him. That's... Well, right. Last year, last year he only had two, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So he has eight total in his career in 164 games played. And so he had one those goal in like 29 guard numbers. What's that? I said those are David Savard as a blue jacket numbers. Yeah, kind of. So he had uh, two, one goal in 2019, 2020 when he played 22 games. Zero goals when he played 11 games in 2020, 2021. And then when he played all 82 games last season, he had two goals. And so, yeah, he is uh, certainly finding the back of the net a little bit more frequently this year. That's not what you need from Andrew Peak necessarily, but it's still fun to see. still fun to see him find the back of the net every once in a while. Friend of the pod, fish eating out of the Stanley Cup, Andrew he almost got. He almost got two goals against the Capitals. He had a really good um, attempt in the second period, and it, he almost got two goals. Didn't he – wasn't it against the Capitals that he had one waved off? He had scored his second, but it got waved off for offsides. Did I make that up? Was that him or Gavin Bayreuther? It might have been Gavin Bayer there. I might be thinking. Either way, it was one of the obscure Blue Jackets defensemen, and that for some reason is just coming to mind. What is it about Blue Jackets defensemen really just turning it on when they play the Capitals? They just, that Ovechkin energy just, you know, ekes its way through. It must. But unfortunately for the Jackets, 
that energy did not you get to lay through for them in the overtime period a pretty quick ending to the nine seconds one of getty kids nuts off called game what's that i said nine seconds 26 but <laughs> still very quick <laughs> very quick ending to this game it uh, felt like Jackets. nine seconds and it was funny. I was going through YouTube videos and just like highlights to watch with my dinner because I currently don't have Wi-Fi. I'm currently using a hotspot to even record this episode. And so I was like watching YouTube as I ate dinner. And one of the highlights on Sportsnet said, and I'm assuming they do this with every overtime game because it wasn't the only one, but they upload the whole overtime of games that go to overtime. And the Blue Jackets whole overtime with like i'm sure like some commentary was like all of a minute and 36 seconds <laughs> like other ones were like 10 minutes long and i was like oh man i'm not gonna watch that that would just be too painful to watch that's understandable so but, it wasn't all that it was i mean it was pretty in a showing against the capitals who are a good team um and getting them like you said to overtime i think it was as good as we can expect for the last game before the all-star break. And obviously, you know, what's, what's important for us is that all our all-star is feeling good um, as he uh, led his way to Florida. Cause Johnny did um, tie that game up in the third period and like really um, put a lot of great energy into the arena um, that as we just mentioned was very shortly lived in overtime, <laughs> but she um, found its way out of the arena fast. It did, but it is always nice. I mean, we all know how much Johnny loves to score at home and uh, it was nice to, to get that tied game feeling um, even if it was short lived in, in overtime. And honestly, like the, the overtime goal that did happen, like it was just like, <laughs> everyone talks about how Elvis has reactions when goals go in. Corpy also had um, quite the reaction after that goal went in. Um, so it just wasn't our day. But I mean, lest we forget that Corpy used to have like the most wild reactions to giving up goals. There was that stretch where like folks were worried about him because he was just like every time he'd give up a goal, he would just like slam his stick against the post and just like lose his mind. Yeah, he broke sticks a couple of times. Like people forget that Corpy, our our lovely calm natured Corpy, had a little bit of a anger streak there uh, for a little while. So, and now he's a dad. It's not just Elvis, friends. He is a dad. But yeah, it's not just Elvis. So <sighs> these Blue Jackets goaltenders—they're hotheads, but we love them. We love them a lot. Um, and Lord, you know what else we love? Winning money on DraftKings. We sure do love winning money on DraftKings. And uh, going to switch it up for you all a little bit. I know we talk a little bit about football. I'm not in the mood to talk about football after last weekend. Don't talk to me about it. I have no desire to mention it. Um, but I guess we could talk about the NBA because uh, NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action into the palm of your hands with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, for limited time, all new and existing customers get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. 
opt in and place the same game parlay on any NBA game. And if it doesn't hit, you'll get a free bet back. I mean, I look, I know we've got some Cavaliers fans that listen to this game. Maybe you have some confidence in, in the fact that, you know, the Cavs are going to, they're going to cover the spread in their upcoming game. They're going to, they're going to win. What Take the over. Do whatever you want to do, right? You've got plenty of options to combine. Can you all tell that I'm not an NBA fan? <laughs> but, but there's no doubt that you're going to win some great money on DraftKings when you bet today. So download the app now and use promo code THBN. New customers can bet just $5 on the NBA and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook and a special sports betting partner of the NBA with code THBN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void in Ohio. <laughs> Show notes for details. <laughs> they might want to. They might want to change that disclaimer because it oh, is. Yeah, bad news, friends. Bad news. Uh, avoid that in Ohio. Sometimes I don't read the ad reads all the way through until we're finished with them. So uh, avoid in Ohio. So maybe maybe find like you can still still playing some bad on DraftKings Sportsbook. Plenty of other things going on there. Bet on the jackets. Well, bet against the jackets, but you you get what I'm saying. Um, but. Laura, I mean, the the fun stuff doesn't stop there, though, because um, this is the time of year that, that folks are making some big changes. Laura, what's like what's one New Year's resolution that you had going into this year? Oh, I need to pick it basic because I'm too I'm <laughs> too wordy with my resolutions. Um, I will say that my resolution is since I started a new job at the start of the new year that I was going to pack my lunch for every day that I was in the office. And I've only missed one day so far in the days that I have worked at the office. And folks, that is how you make a new year's resolution. You got to start with something that you know you can commit to and that you know it's going to be able to, you know, get you through and you're not going to be down on yourself if you don't make it happen. Don't be like me every year where I'm like, I'm going to lose 100 pounds, this, that, and the other. Like something terrible, which is unrealistic and it's not going to happen. Um, but like I said, most of the time, New Year's resolutions are unrealistic. It's not going to happen for you. And I know that's been the case for me. But I've actually found that the smallest changes to your routine can make the biggest impact. In the same way, you don't have to break the bank to make a big deal purchase. Even the smallest things can be a part of a big change if it's something that you use every day like my Raycons. So Raycons is premium audio at the perfect price point. So you can build great habits without breaking the bank. Maybe you told yourself you're going to go on a walk more often, or maybe you're going to, you know, just kind of like disconnect and you want to just maybe meditate a little bit and that kind of stuff. There's nothing better than Raycons wireless earbuds to do that. It's perfect. You can make calls, you can stay connected. Maybe your new year's resolution wants to do that. Raycons are going to help you do all of that stuff, whether you're looking for a new pair of everyday earbuds, low-latency gaming headphones, or a speaker with a battery that will last all night at your next party. Raycons got you covered, and yep, Raycons start at half of the price of other premium audio brands. So you don't even have to choose between products. You can get one of each, a pair or a spare, and still pay less than you would with some of the other guys. I mean, if you have multiple pairs of everyday earbuds, you know, maybe you keep one on your desk at work. Maybe you keep one in your bag so that way it's always with you. The possibilities truly are endless. Even if you know you'll love your Raycons as much as we do, Raycon wants to make sure that you feel great about your purchase. They offer buy now, pay later options. Every purchase has an easy and free return guarantee. I mean, personally, I love using my Raycons. I use them to, to listen to music all the time. Specifically, 
I, I've been in my feels recently and Noah Khan's new album. It, it's still something that I listen to pretty much every week, like on repeat and my Raycons make that sound great. Laura, I don't know if you've got anything that you've been listening to that sound really great in your Raycons. I do. And this is actually NHL related too, because um, as I've uh, mentioned slightly in the past, I am a former emo kid, and one of my favorite bands, Follow Boy, is returning to the scene with some new music, and will also be uh, playing the opening ceremonies of the NHL All-Star Game this weekend. So I've been listening to their new song, Love from the Other Side, and highly recommend, and it sounds great in my Raycons. Laura, I kind of forgot that Fall Out Boy released the song, so I need to go listen to that real quick <laughs> after we're done recording tonight. But yeah, I mean, there's so many different features. You've got, uh, you, you can choose up to three customizable sound profiles. Maybe you're sharing them with people, or maybe you have like different sound profiles that you want to use for different things, for podcasts, for, for different kinds of music. Maybe you want to, trust me, my sound profile is definitely a lot different when I'm listening to Noah Khan than it is when I'm listening to Fallout Boys. So maybe you want to do that. Maybe you want some noise isolation. You want to make sure that you don't hear the things around you, but you're only hearing your music or your podcasts. Or maybe you just want to make sure you have some consistent audio play. You've got eight hours with your everyday earbuds or 11 hours of playtime with your everyday speaker. Really, the possibilities are endless with Raycon. So if you're ready to buy something small with a big impact, go to buyraycon.com slash THPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. Laura, like I mentioned a little bit earlier in the show, Old reliable for the Blue Jackets, with the exception of the year that he missed with an upper body injury with a shoulder injury. Gus Nyquist has been somebody that the Blue Jackets have relied on to play in pretty much every game and every big moment. And uh, unfortunately, it appears that barring no trade happening or him potentially re-signing in the offseason, it appears that Gus Nyquist has played his last game with the Columbus Blue Jackets. Gus Nyquist suffered an upper body injury against the Canucks on Saturday and no, excuse me, on Friday. And so the Jackets down one of their veteran forwards in a year where they really can't afford to lose any more of their veteran forwards, but here we are again. And a lot of folks have speculated about how this might affect his trade value. A lot of folks have speculated about whether or not this will affect whether or not he is even traded. We've gotten some reports from some folks that, you know, this is a season-ending injury. Should I say a regular season-ending injury? We've gotten some reports from folks that maybe he'll be ready to play a couple weeks before the end of the regular season. So really the the reports are varying, but basically one thing is for certain is that Gus Nyquist is certainly not off of the trade board. Maybe his value has diminished slightly with that injury, but he is somebody who is still definitely in play for the Jackets given this injury. But just kind of, Laura, talk to us about like how how this is hitting you, that that Gus Nyquist has been injured and that it's entirely possible that he's played his last game in the Union Blue. Oh, I think it's, I mean, I reflected on it a little bit. God, today's been the longest day. I can't remember if we tweeted about this today or yesterday uh, when the announcement was made that it was a season-ending injury. Uh, reg- again, regular season-ending injury um, for Gus. Another shoulder injury uh, that does not require surgery. Um, thank goodness. But really the realization that we've, we've probably seen him play his last game um, as a Blue Jacket and as as the one of us who gets a little bit more emotionally attached to players, like when that settled in for me, I was really sad. Gus has been such a steadfast player when he's been healthy, like 
last year when he came back after being out for a whole season, I mean, he played every single game, every single game he played and he played hard every single game. And he's the kind of guy we've talked about it, especially in the last couple of weeks. Like he loves playing in Columbus. He doesn't want to leave. And obviously like we joked even in the last episode um, that, you know, maybe he would try and get himself injured and, but not injured too badly, but just not enough to like really get traded. And then, you know, maybe (laughs) try and persuade like some, some contract uh, discussions and all that sort of stuff. And obviously all of that is up in the air and, you know, no one ever knows what Yarmo is doing until Yarmo does it. So it's just a lot of speculation, but it was really sad again to see, you know, someone who has embraced our city, has embraced this team, has really been someone. I mean, he wears a letter for a reason. Like he's such a positive force in the locker room. Um, and just to see him, you know, potentially like 95% sure play his last game as a blue jacket um, is just really sad. And if we, if we don't see him again, like, and obviously if it becomes official, like we'll say much more, but I can say for sure, I am definitely going to miss Gus Nyquist as a blue jacket. Yeah. And who won't, right? I mean, I know that I've had my fair share of rants about whether or not he needed to be playing on the top line at certain points this season, but I don't think any of that changes the fact that everything that you just said is true about him in the room, his passion of being a blue jacket, his, you know, willingness to fill any role that he needs to in order to make this team successful. And, you know, like you mentioned, like obviously we'll go deeper into it if, if he never plays a game for the jackets again. But I think the thing that sucks the most about it is like when you have these moments, you obviously want them to have like the proper goodbye or whatever have you. And obviously no trade really provides that, you know, exactly. But, you've got some opportunities, right? I mean, like, you know, you've got some more home games before the deadline. And and I know that you and I have both watched games before deadlines where we're like, well, that might've been the last time we saw this person play. That's sad, but at least we get to see them again. And that's just not going to be, you know, what happens for the Jackets. I mean, last time I saw him play was New Year's Eve. So, um, oh, no, that's not true. I saw him play in Detroit, but still uh, not the same, not the same as seeing him play at home. And so, uh, Obviously, if that happens, we wish Gus the best, and obviously we want him to heal, regardless of what happens with trades. And so, um, wishing Gus nothing but a speedy recovery there. So, speaking of trades, though, like we mentioned a little bit earlier, Bo Horvat is has made headlines as being um, really the biggest move so far of this regular season, and probably like the biggest move, including at the deadline, at least in my opinion, unless somebody like Patrick Kane gets moved or whatever have you. But that seems like it's been really quiet recently. Um, Bo Horvat, man, he he. <laughs> got the Canucks a little bit of a haul here as somebody who could potentially not even re-sign with the Islanders. So uh, Bo Horvat gets traded to the Islanders in exchange. The, you know, the Canucks pick up Anthony Bavillier, Aturati, and a first round pick in this year's draft that's top 12 protected. So essentially that means that if, if the Islanders are picking in the top 12, then that pick bumps to 2024. So Laura, I gotta be honest with you. I think the Canucks cleaned up on this one. If I'm being honest. Yeah. I mean, unless there's something behind the scenes, which there very well could be um, like, there's absolutely no guarantee that he's going to sign or resign with, with the Islanders. And like you and I talked about when it happened, 
is it's kind of a weird move for the Islanders too, because they're very much so when we talked about, you know, who will be following in the postseason. Like the Islanders are not a for sure go for the playoffs. And I don't know that he is enough of an addition. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like he's been floating around a bunch of teams, including, you know, the Columbus Blue Jackets being interested in adding him to the lineup. We can't afford him right now without getting rid of some other like key kind of heartbreakery pieces. But um you know, I just think that's such an interesting transaction for the Islanders to make. I can see them making it if they were like solidly in a wild card spot or if they were definitely like in solidly in one of one of the seats to go. Um, but I guess it's still early enough in the season. And a lot of things, we, as we talked about before, a lot of things are subject to change as far as what teams are going in the East for the playoffs. So Maybe Bo is their holy grail, and he's going to push them forward um, uh, into into one of those spots. And the Islanders are just going to take off on like a heater. Who knows? But with no like public, and obviously nothing's ever public like that in the NHL. But like, you got to hope that the Islanders have some sort of something that says that he's potentially considering signing with them in the off season. Um, that make it worth it. Because as you said, the Canucks definitely at this point definitely made, made out in this trade. Well, it's to the, like, it's, it's like we mentioned, I mean, like, it's just like the Islanders to me, like this is a little bit of a different situation than the jackets when they went all in with Matt Duchesne and, and, you know, I, it's just, it's such a risk. I don't know that I like it. Like, I think if I were an Islanders fan, I'd be stressed out about it way more than I would be excited. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, this prospect pool for the Islanders is not massive by any means of the word. And a player like Aturati was somebody who definitely fell in draft, and he wasn't necessarily, like, this elite potential prospect, but – he's still something like he was probably one of their better prospects in their pool. And he had finally made his NHL debut and he was finally, you know, kind of catching on a little bit in the AHL too. It's just like, I, yeah, it just is. If, if the Islanders can't get him to commit, I feel like you're wasting a lot for a non guaranteed playoff spot right now. And, you know, and and I've got to be honest with you, they're not going to do anything in the playoffs. Like the Islanders are not a team that's going to make any noise in the playoffs you know, it just feels like a really strange risk. It feels like one of those years where, like, the Predators have been a team like this before, where they might make the playoffs, but they're not going to be competitive. So why would you make any sort of major changes at the deadline? Because you're not going to, you know, you're not going to make a huge run. I mean, even the Jackets have been in that situation where you get the sense that they're going to make the playoffs, but they don't do anything crazy at the deadline because they know that they're not going to be an actual contender. Why jeopardize the future for that? And I feel like that's exactly what the Islanders have done here. I think they've jeopardized their future in an attempt to try to win a couple more games now. And I just don't think it's going to work for them. And if they end up finding a way to make me eat my words, cool on them. Laura, I know you said you have a soft spot for them, so I hope it happens for you. But for me personally, I just don't see it happening. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how that influences the other trades that people are talking about. Um, Because it's a handful of stuff. I mean, we know that Vladislav Gavrikov – 
and Gus Nyquist have been a part of trade conversations. Jack Roslovic is also apparently his name is out there as being maybe attached to the Boston Bruins. But Laura, Laura, yes, Laura, a name that has come up, and this happens, right? Like this happens in the NHL where teams and folks will say like, oh, like we're interested in this guy. This guy could be a great ad. And that's oftentimes true, right? Like I could sit here for hours and I could say, you know what? Connor McDavid would be a great ad for the Blue Jackets. I like, that sounds like a great addition to me. We all know that's not going to happen. We know it's stupid. Um, but when it comes to players like, uh, let's say a Boone Jenner. And somebody starts to say, yeah, like this guy would make our team better. Well, no shit, Boone Jenner is going to make your team better. He makes most teams better. Uh, his role might change on teams, but he obviously is going to make teams better when he's on them. I want to know your thoughts on the rumors that Boone Jenner is somebody that a couple of teams have some interest in. He's got a handful of years left on his deal, but he signed at a pretty low 3.75. So talk to me about what you think about the shit show that is people saying that Boone Jenner is somebody that they're interested in. Well, <clears throat> when, cause today has been, today's Wednesday has been the first real day that I have seen anyone talking about Boone. And I will tell you, I will tell our listeners exactly what I said to you when I forwarded you the tweets um, from our timeline about it. And my exact words were, I will riot. Like there is not a single molecule in my body that would agree with trading Boone Jenner anywhere at this moment. And I understand that we were in a similar, well, there was more talk about it a couple of years ago, but like to send, and, and we talked about this. We talked about this when he returned. Boone is such the emotional center of this team right now a team that is struggling that is struggling in so many areas but there's this light this light of Boone Jenner their captain who is incredibly passionate he's not the most outwardly spoken people person to the public um but like you can tell that in that locker room, he gets listened to and he is motivating and he is supportive of this team. I'm not kidding when I call him the heart of this team. Like the idea to me to rip the heart out of this situation and then just send him somewhere, particularly the couple of different places that are in like the rumblings. I would riot because I just, I can't get behind it. I think it would set us back even further because there's not a solid person on this lineup right now that would replace him in that aspect, especially if Gus is potentially getting traded or just the simple fact that Gus isn't playing again the rest of this regular season. And like Johnny, God love him. He's definitely working into this leadership role, but he is brand new on this team and there is so much adjusting. And yes, he's, he's wearing a letter now that Zach is out and he's stepping up, but like, 
you want to talk about pain and the pain that we've all experienced so far, those games after that happening, don't even talk to me. Like, don't, it's, no, absolutely not. But I'm not a business person. So obviously, like, Stranger things have happened. People said this a few years ago when it was going around that Nick Felino was going to be traded at the deadline. And then afterwards, you find out that it was a much more mutually agreed circumstance that Nick was ready to go and all this sort of stuff. I think if you asked Boone, he would say, absolutely not. Yeah, it's... It's a unique situation. One of the names that like has been around quite a bit and it was mentioned on the NHL network is the Buffalo Sabres. You know, there's been some, some leaf fans contemplate whether or not he's somebody who could be like a pretty direct replacement for Alexander Kerfoot when his contract is over, they have similar deals and could potentially play a similar role on the team. Just like lineup wise. I, and, and as I'm like just scrolling through Twitter, I just searched Boone Jenner's name and it's, it's a lot of, teams it's a lot well it's a lot of fans of teams saying how much they'd love to have boone jenner and of course you would of course you would love to have boone jenner on your team i just can't believe (laughs) that it's an actual conversation that people are having because i have to say if boone jenner is not the captain of this team and if he doesn't carry some of the heart and soul that you're talking about and if we're just looking at him from an objective player perspective i would hear that out i would hear trades out because what you're going to get for Boone Jenner as a player, take away like the everything else, could be valuable. It could be valuable, and it could give you something that you don't already have. I'm not saying that you have a replacement for Boone Jenner, though, like on, on the ice. Don't get me twisted. But the second you start to talk about exactly what he is for this team off the ice, when you talk about what he is for that room, when you talk about the fact that he is, I believe it's 45 games behind Rick Nash for being the leader in all-time games, all-time games played as a Blue Jack. He just passed Cam Atkinson. Sorry to say that. He just passed Cam Atkinson for second. Boone Jenner is that player that you you keep on a team through this shit show because he's going to be the player that deserves the most on this team to lift that cup when this team is winning. And he's a player that makes his team better. He's a player that makes everybody around him better. And, oh, my God, did I just make you cry by saying that? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm really sorry. I, that came on very quickly. Yeah, I know. That was really fast for you. Usually I can tell when you're about to cry, but I had to ask you that time. Wow. Anyway. Continue. Sorry. Yeah, sure will. Sure will. Um <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that's true. Like, I mean, like, I think like that, that emotional response is like, like really solidifies like exactly what Boone Jenner means to this team. And I think it solidifies just like why you don't, why you don't trade him in a place like this. I mean, like, I understand why it's tempting. Let me say that from a hockey standpoint and being one of the two of us that isn't currently crying, I can understand from a hockey standpoint, why what you could get for Boone Jenner is attractive. That being said, you can't trade Boone Jenner. Period. End of conversation. Do we feel good about leaving it there? We do. Yes. We do. Yeah. <laughs> it's like before I go on a 10 minute monologue and start sobbing, I feel great about that. Um, just a couple other like little trade notes, uh, some other rumors that have been like in the ether or that. 
Um, you know, it's entirely possible that maybe the Jackets would take on a contract as part of a deal with somebody for one of their assets they're looking to get rid of. So probably a Gustav Nyquist or, um, or a uh, Vladislav Gavrikov, but uh, one of those names. So like Vladislav Gavrikov has been around Edmonton a lot. And oddly enough, Yessi Puliyarvi is somebody who people think the Jackets could potentially take a contract on um, and help the Oilers out a little bit in terms of their cap space, but then also potentially that would sweeten the return for Vladislav Gavrikov as well. So um, we'll be looking out to see if that happens, but I guess that's about all on the trade front. I can't keep talking about trades because my lovely co-host can't do it anymore. I got to be honest with you guys. This is not going well. Um, I hate trade season. <laughs> she really does. She really does. Even unsubstantiated rumors like Boone Jenner being traded is not, she's not handling it well. Um, things that she will be handling well. Jenna Goudreau is in Florida with his freshly uh, cut hair. It looks good. Got the got the fresh fade. Looking sharp. I When we texted about this last night, I just realized how infrequently we see him without his helmet on or without a beanie on. And when he revealed that haircut, I was like, sir, what? <laughs> And I'm not, I'm not one to like on air, just like objectify, but like, that was a good, that was a good decision. It was a good decision to clean it up before the all-star weekend. Like his hair was great before, loved the flow, but this haircut is nice. It's nice. Oh man, you've hit, you've, you're off the rails, girl. You're off the rails. (laughs) You made me cry. And now I'm, I'm objectifying people. <laughs> That's usually my order of operations, too. That's so true. <laughs> oh, man. Well, speaking of things that are going to make you cry, Igor Chinnikov's on the ice again. Yay. Yay. And he's 22. It's his birth. It's his Taylor Swift birthday. <laughs> I don't know about you, but bitch, I hope the fuck you do. Happy birthday, Jenny. Um, so that'll be fun to see him come back in the lineup. I'm not even going to speculate on where in the fuck he comes back into the lineup. Also, can we take it into consideration? It took us 55 plus minutes to say fuck. Now I just got to get him all in. I know this is a record for us. I think, um, there's no sense in trying to predict where he comes into the lineup at this point. Like I, right. Like we're not going to subject ourselves to that. Right. I mean, yeah, no, he could really go anywhere at this point. Hell, throw him on the top line. Like, who knows? I think he's going to go middle point. six. I think he's going to go middle six. He actually could be a pretty natural replacement, I think, for Gus. Like, in terms yes. of, like, but we'll see if that's how it happens. So could, we're just excited to Yeah, they back. could put him on the kid line. They could, you know, who knows? I think he's just going to be very excited to be back out on the ice because this has been a very long injury for him. And... I think he's going to be pretty excited to get yeah. back out there. And all the fans will be equally as excited. This is true. They sure will be. Uh, well, Laura, before we wrap this one up, today is Wednesday. So as you all are listening, this day has already passed. But um, I do want to just recognize the fact that today is National Day of Women and Girls in Sports. And that is something that means a lot to us as a show because we talk about it all the time just how important it is to be folks that represent folks who just like aren't necessarily always well represented in hockey and on a day like today when we celebrate women and girls in sports um you know i think it's just 
really important that we take a second to pause and just celebrate you, Laura, somebody who uh, takes takes risks and puts yourself out there in ways that women have been scorned for doing in sports for for forever. And I I think we really underestimate on this show, and I think we really underestimate just in like the Blue Jackets community, just how brave and how much of a risk it is to even just be somebody who gets on a microphone and talks about the sport, let alone when you're somebody who is a part of a community that is so often told that they don't belong in sports. And Laura, I have to tell you that you absolutely belong in sports and you absolutely belong to be a voice of hockey because no one does it better than you and your passion for this game and your passion for learning more and sharing with folks and just welcoming as many people into the space as possible is so incredibly inspirational. And I hope that if you're listening to this episode and I'm hoping that if you're, you, you listen to any of our episodes and you are a woman in sports that you know just how much our show values you and how much we know you matter and your contributions to all sports matters because at the end of the day, no sport was made for one sex or gender or one, you know, ethnic group or for one anything, right? Like sports were made for people and I, the best people at it should be the people that talk about it. And there's no doubt in my mind, Laura, that you're one of the best people that talks about blue jackets hockey in the world. And I am humbled every day. I get to get onto a microphone with you and talk about the show, but also I am just incredibly humbled to call you my best friend and I love you a lot. And so I celebrate you every day, but today I want to celebrate you a little bit extra. I appreciate you. And I also appreciate all the the wonderful women in our in our life, you know, especially the folks that are surrounding this game that we love that are just so incredibly integral to to the coverage of the sport and to the fandom of of Columbus hockey and and folks like Dina Weinheimer, who's been on the show so often, who who does really great work at Field Pass Hockey as, you know, a managing editor and covering the monsters and, you know, people like Elaine Shercliffe, who does the same, people like Catherine Dobbs and just like all the incredible women that work in the Blue Jackets PR team who bring such a like, I think one of my favorite things about the Blue Jackets PR team that most people probably don't clock and I think most of the successful PR teams in the NHL recognize this, is that PR works so much better from the female gaze. It's so much better. Life is better from the female gaze. Let's like call it what it is. And so I love that like we have such wonderful people in the Blue Jackets organization that provide us the Blue Jackets perspective from a female gaze. I think it's really good uh, that we have that. And so... I'm gonna I'm gonna stop being a man and taking up all of the space <laughs> here when we're talking about National Day of Women and Girls Sports. And I just want to also wrap up by like talking about somebody who we have met and somebody who I think you and I, Laura, consider to be a really good friend at this point, and that's the Danny Smith. Danny Smith hockey, all the ads that she has at this point, I don't really even know like all of them at this point. Cause she has so many, but she, I mean, like, again, talk about like capturing sports from the female gaze. Like she literally does that with, with her incredible, you know, creation of content that she does. I mean, like this team is just so lucky and this hockey community is so lucky to have so many just incredible women at the helm of, of all things, blue jackets, even, even if they don't know it, even if the misogynists don't know how integral women are to this process, just know how much we love you. We love women. 
You made me cry again. Well, I knew I'd make you cry with that one. The Boone Jenner thing surprised me. <laughs> that is true. Um, no, I won't. I won't ramble on just to say thank you. You know, thank you for doing this show with me, and thank you for asking me to do this show with you, and ultimately for introducing me to this sport that I love so much. Um, and we joke about it. I am not at a confident person. Like I am very far from a confident person. And especially when it comes to this work and putting myself out there and um, being in this atmosphere. Um, and it's been, it's always hard to be a woman in sports. Um, but the last few weeks and months, it's been a hard time for people in marginalized groups to be in sports, to be in hockey, and to be around some of the things that are coming to the surface um, more readily. And, you know, as I was, have been reading a lot of posts today and just thinking about, you know, our experience and the, the fact that we've made it, you know, two years into this thing and watching my own growth and, you know, replaying all the times that Jeremy tells me, like, you know, I belong here and what I say isn't crazy or weird or stupid. And, you know, just reminding myself and wanting to put it out there that like, I'm going to keep doing this and I'm going to keep fighting for all of the women and girls and marginalized groups that want to be represented and want to feel like they can like or enjoy or play or love or coach or, you know, whatever in sports because you belong there and it doesn't, it doesn't matter. So I will fight for you and I hope that you will fight for me. And, you know, I just am so grateful to have Jeremy and that we can do this together. And from a little corner of the world, we can help hopefully help some other people feel like like they're they're welcome here too so well jeremy it's just as grateful to be doing this with you too i you made me cry <laughs> <laughs> that's the first time i think i've cried on this show <laughs> i think so too yeah oh, <laughs> it's <wow>. usually me <laughs> yeah actually this is a statistic show it's always you um mm -hmm. but that's okay because i love that about you um laura well i can't i mean i can't take away the the most laura part of the show on national day of women and girls in sports could you imagine if i was like well this is usually laura's <laughs> trick but uh not today <laughs> mansplained, your, mansplained your way through my entire end of the show part of stuff correct yeah Correct. Yeah. I, you know, I made this website one time and I was trying to decide how I wanted to make the website, but I eventually decided that I made the website like this and here's where you can find it. <laughs> oh, Laura, I hope that all the people love keeping up with our crazy as much as we love being it. And so I hope that you will tell the fine folks where they can find it. Absolutely. You can find us on social media, on Twitter and Instagram at subjectively pod. You can follow us on Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube at Subjectively Speaking. Um, he did make a really incredible website that has all the links to all the things um, that I'm talking to you about. And you can check that out at subjectivelyspeaking.com. And if you would like to support your two uh, apparently weepy and favorite hockey podcasters, you can go to our merch store, 
subjectivelymerch.com, which I just found out today is hopefully going to be featuring some new designs that are very exciting coming soon um, that we're very excited about. And, you know, you can get, you can support us and get some sweet merch in exchange. And then lastly, you can rate, review, and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on, um, particularly if you're on Apple Podcasts. Scroll on down, hit five stars. It is our favorite number. And again, as I always say, we have absolutely no idea how the algorithms work. Um, we just know likes, ratings, reviews, subscriptions, all that stuff just helps to bring more people into our community and helps us get noticed in those, you know, hockey podcast charts. So other than that, we just love and appreciate you guys very, very much. That we do. And until we get the chance to talk to you all next time, we hope you stay well, take care of one another. Advocate for somebody who doesn't always have a seat at the table. Spend this week doing that. And until we get the chance to talk to you all next time, take care and we'll chat with you soon. Bye.